At the last minute, he decided to put on his sweatsuit and go for a jog before breakfast. Doug Fiore knew he had to shower anyway before meeting with the judge at two o'clock, so it made sense to get his exercise out of the way now. In the bathroom, he wet the two spots on his face, one on his cheek and the other on his chin, where he nicked them while shaving too quickly, carefully pushing away the toilet paper he used to stop the bleeding. Oh, fuck, he said out loud when the second cut occurred, and Grace knocked on the door, reminding him that Susan, their 14-year-old daughter, was still in her room. His foul language was a response to knowing that the Columbia Law School alumni magazine was doing an article on him and sending a photographer to his office at Walters, Cassidy, and Breen the next day to take pictures. He didn't want them spoiled by what might look like adolescent zits. When he went downstairs, Grace was at the refrigerator getting the eggs and vegetables she needed to make Doug his regular Sunday morning omelet. The frying pan on the stove was filled with onion slices, sizzling and melted butter. Honey, he said, would you hold up making breakfast for about an hour? I'm going to do my running and then I'll clean up and get dressed. I've got to see Tom Raymond this afternoon about his case. This afternoon? What time are you talking about, Doug? He said he could do it at two, and that would give us a couple of hours to work before the Patriots come on at four. He never misses one of their games. Grace stopped what she was doing and looked at him, her hands moving to her hips. Have you forgotten that we're going to my brother's party this afternoon and we have to leave here by one o'clock? Oh, hell, I thought that was next week. No, it's today. I reminded you a few days ago, right here in the kitchen. Well, I got it mixed up. Damn. Doug disliked going to one of Grace's brother's parties as much as he disliked Walter, her brother. Don't call me Wally, as he often referred to him, drank too much too quickly and inevitably started to rant about the good old days when Reagan was in the White House and how he saved America from everything that was evil, both foreign and domestic. Tom's case is going before the Ethics Commission on Thursday, and I really have to spend more time with him to be sure we're ready. Your brother's not going to miss me if I'm not there. That's not the point, Grace answered. Walter invites these same people all the time, you know that. And you weren't there for the July cookout. They'll think we're separated or something if I'm alone again. It wouldn't matter what excuse I gave for you, Doug. It'll be embarrassing for me. Fiore went over and embraced his wife, who willingly moved into his arms. He thought about the wonderful time they had the night before, dining at the new restaurant in the Biltmore Hotel, enjoying the hit musical at the Trinity Theater, and later, back home, having an exciting hour of sex even though he was having an affair with one of his law partners at that time. He loved Grace very much and tried his best to keep her happy. Okay, honey, he said. I'm not going to spoil your day. The judge will have to find some time for me after work one night this week. Or maybe he can see me tonight after seven when the game's over. We'll definitely be home by then. I'll call him now. At breakfast, Grace asked Doug to tell her what Tom Raymond's case was about. As soon as he began to speak, his voice became louder without his realizing it. It's about how easy it is for a piece of trash to malign a good man and smear his name in the community. Please, Doug, she interrupted. Spell it out for me, but don't get upset. I'll try to make a long story short, he answered, then paused several seconds before continuing. Tom was the judge in a criminal case involving this guy named Blackburn. 
Tom found against him and sentenced him to three years in jail. He's still serving time now. A few months ago, Blackburn got to see the warden and accused Tom of offering to throw out his case if he came up with $5,000. Blackburn said he couldn't put his hands on the money at the time. The warden didn't believe a word of it, but felt he had to cover himself and reported it to the attorney general's office. How would Tom ever come to be alone with this Blackburn person to even offer a deal like that? Grace asked. Good question. Just what the AG's office wanted to know. The answer is that Blackburn said he did it through Tom's clerk, a guy named Timilty, who called him on the phone during the trial.